Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the BreastCancer.org podcast. I'm Jamie DiPolo, Senior Editor at BreastCancer.org. Our guest is Dr. Shireen Loy. Dr. Shireen Loy is a medical oncologist who specializes in treating breast cancer. In addition to treating patients, particularly patients diagnosed with HER2-positive breast cancer, she also leads the Translation Breast Cancer Genomics and Therapeutics Laboratory at the Peter McCallum Cancer Center in Melbourne, Australia, where she is a professor. Much of her clinical research focuses on investigating new treatments, such as immunotherapy, especially for breast cancers that have become resistant to standard treatments. At the 2017 San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium, Dr. Loy presented information from the Panacea trial, which looked at using the immunotherapy medicine Keytruda, along with Herceptin, to treat Herceptin-resistant HER2-positive advanced-stage breast cancer that had high levels of PD-L1, a biomarker that indicates Keytruda will be effective. Today, we're going to talk to her about that study and what it suggests for using immunotherapy to treat breast cancer. Dr. Loy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. For our listeners who may not be familiar, can you give us a little background on the Panacea study, why you wanted to do it, uh, where it is now? Sure. So the Panacea study, um, we thought of many years ago now, in around 2010. At that time, we were looking at a lot of breast cancer samples, and we had observed that there were large amounts of immune infiltrate or Um, T-cells in breast cancers, and this seemed to be higher in some subtypes of breast cancers, in particular the HER2 positive, which um, we're talking about today, but also the triple negative breast cancers. We had also made the observation that if we looked at combinations of Herceptin in preclinical models, that if we made those models resistant to Herceptin, we could overcome that resistance by also targeting the immune pathway, in particular the PD-1, PD-L1 pathway, which is inhibited by the drug called Keytruda. So we looked at that in preclinical models, found that the combination was effective, and along with our observation that there was large amounts of T-cell or immune infiltrate in human samples, we thought that HER2-positive breast cancer could be particularly amenable to immune approaches and one mechanism of resistance to Herceptin in the advanced setting was through immune-related pathways. So therefore, we came up with the idea to combine a um, immune therapy, in this case Keytruda, um, with Herceptin in patients with advanced um, breast cancer that overexpresses the HER2 gene. So as far as drug development goes, we always start testing combinations first in the advanced setting and then moved to the earlier setting. And at that point in 2010, not much was known about immune therapies. Of course, we know a lot more now, um, and the field has significantly moved forward. But at the time, it was proof of concept that the combination would be effective and that immune pathways were important in patients with this type of breast cancer and their response to Herceptin. So that's how the study was devised. And um, after convincing the company, in this case Merck, we discussed the concept with a lot of companies, but at that time the companies weren't really interested in breast cancer um, because they didn't think that breast cancer would be um, a type of cancer that immune therapies would be effective. So it took us a while to get the study going, but eventually it got going and we're very grateful to Merck for their support um, and we presented the data last year. So help me to understand too, because I was curious, is Keytruda actually treating the breast cancer or is it making the breast cancer respond to Herceptin again? That was one thing I didn't quite understand. So Keytruda um, works on your immune system, so it doesn't actually... 
touch or treat your tumor per se. It tries to re-educate your immune system to um, fight the cancer. In some patients, that can be more effective in some cancer types than others. And in this case, we believe that because Herceptin is a type of immune therapy, um, it it binds to HER2 and enhances the immune response against HER2 that we thought that resistance to Herceptin was due to suppression of immune pathways. And so Keytruda overcomes that suppression. So it releases the break that the cancer puts on the immune system and combination with trastuzumab um, would therefore be effective. But at the time, we believed long before everyone else that Herceptin was a type of immune therapy. Now I think that's a bit more accepted. I see. I see. Okay. Thank you. And if you wouldn't mind, you, you've talked about it a little bit, but if you could tell us um, how Keytruda works. I mean, I know there's a lot of interest, especially from visitors to our site about immunotherapy. Immunotherapy doesn't seem to be used directly yet for breast cancer, but how does a medicine like Keytruda work? Yeah, sure. So there's a lot of evaluation at the moment in clinical trials with these types of medications, these immune therapies, but basically, you know, in the past, we've always treated the cancer. So surgery directly removes the cancer, chemotherapy targets the cancer cells, radiotherapy the same, um, and targeted therapy, a specific part of the cancer. But immune therapy is actually targeting your immune system. And what we believe now to be the case is that the cancer is actively turning off your immune system in trying to recognize the cancer. And um, what Keytruda and other drugs similar to that type of uh, medication is uh, releases that break. So it turns off the switch that the cancer is using, in this case called PD-1. And that we that is what how we believe that cancers are suppressing the immune system. So before we used to try and use vac- vaccines, et cetera, to kind of reactivate the immune system. But now we believe that the break that the cancer puts on the immune system is far more important. And so releasing that break and re-educating the immune system to recognize the cancer, which is foreign in the body, is how those medications work. Of course, there's several premises that you need to, your immune system needs to be functional. And I think in a lot of cancer patients, for whatever reason, the immune system um, becomes less and less functional. So the cancer is really turning it off um, very aggressively. So for some people, just targeting one part of the immune system, for example, may not be enough. So in melanoma, they're doing combination immune agents. So, um, But the, the cancer itself seems to be very effective at turning off your immune system. And now I think there's strong belief that your immune system is definitely your guard against most cancers um, and that abnormal cells are in your body all the time and your immune system cleans them all up before they can develop into cancers, but every now and then one gets through. You mentioned that in the results from the Panacea study that uh, cancers that ha- had higher levels of TILs, tumor-infiltrating lymphocytes, seemed to respond best to the combination of Keytruda and Herceptin. And I know TILs are a type of immune system cell, but can you explain a little bit more what those are and why higher levels of those in a cancer would make it more likely to respond to that treatment? Sure. So TILs is relates to this immune infiltrate. So generally we're referring to a lymphocyte, lymphocytic infiltrate or T cells. So T cells are like your soldiers in the immune system. They, they are marching around looking for anything foreign um, and generally they clean up cancerous cells. But as the cancer gets bigger and works out how to get bigger and grow, um, the immune system 
um, becomes less effective at dealing with that cancer. That's partly related to the cancer being able to turn off the T cells um, or, to, or fight the soldiers, I guess, from um, trying to get rid of it. So um, we have long been interested in quantifying the level of or the number of immune cells in the cancer. And we've noticed in the past that the more um, T cells you have, the more likely you are to respond to these type of agents or in particular PD-1, PD-L1. And that's most likely because PD-1 is turning off the T cells and if you actually have T cells there and you release that break, then the T cells can be reactivated to fight the cancer. But if you don't have any T cells there, then you've got nothing there to kind of do the work, um, if, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So just let me make sure I understand. So it's, so the T cells are these um, immune system cells. They're in the cancer, but in a sense, the cancer has turned them off. If the immune therapy can then turn them back on they're already in the cancer and they start working to destroy it yeah that's exactly right exactly and then but the problem is some patients don't have these t-cells present you see so the immune system's really dead not seeing the cancer at all and that's a different question how we can actually get the t-cells in there and is the the level of these of these t-cells or tills in the cancer is that related at all to the type of cancer, like triple negative, HER2 positive, or the size or anything like that? Yeah, so that's a great question. So we've noticed for some reason that us, that's still unclear to us that HER2 positive and triple negative breast cancers do tend to attract more T cells than the hormone receptor positive breast cancers. So it suggests that the immune system is more involved I guess, in the way that cancer is growing. But at some point, and that's probably related to the size of the tumour um, and the way it can turn off the immune cells, then it eventually learns to turn off your immune system and be able to grow and cause you know, destruction and metastasize. Um, so that seems to be particular to those two types of breast cancer. Saying that, melanoma, for example, and lung cancer, which are caused by what we call carcinogens, so UV light and smoking, they have far greater levels of immune infiltrate than breast cancers. And that's probably because they're being caused by these carcinogenic insults. And so the immune system seems to recognize them far easily, more easily than breast cancers and can really launch an attack. Um, and again, the concept is that the melanoma or lung cancers, they can turn it off, but the keytruder can turn the immune system back on. Um, and that seems to be far more effective in those cancers because there's just more T cells present um, in those particular cancers. So breast cancer, I guess the bottom line is breast cancers can be immunogenic, but we're still understanding um, how to optimize that. So it sounds like too, that these immune therapies seem to be more effective when the uh, immune system cells are actually in the tumor, not just out in the body, that they need to be in the tumor. And do, do we know why that is? Because it seems like if you're going to rev up the immune system, it would rev up all of it. <laughs> and that's my simplistic <laughs> understanding. I mean, that's very true. The immune system is very complicated. But I guess the, if you see the T cells in the tumor, it's a sign that they're actually recognizing the tumor as something it needs to get rid of. So most likely the fact that there are T cells in the tumor, there are going to be tumor-specific T cells circulating around your body as well. But the fact that we see them there tells us that the, um, your immune system has recognized the cancer um, as something that is wrong in the body and it needs to get rid of it. 
Now, in the Panacea study and other studies that I've read about with immunotherapies, um, it seems that these medicines are effective, but they're effective in a small number of people in the study. Um, and it's and nobody seems to know, you know, what is it about those specific people, those specific cancers that allows these immunotherapy medicines to work so well. Um, do, are there any more insights on that? Yeah, so that's obviously the big question going forward. And even though we don't understand why the T cells are in the tumor, we believe that's a good sign to suggest that drugs such as Keytruda are going to be effective in more effective in those patients. What we've learned in breast cancer is that um, the more metastatic you are or the more lines of treatment you've had in the relapse setting, the less likely you are to respond to these drugs. And that's probably because, you know, your immune system's really exhausted or you, the tumor um, size and burden of disease is really causing immune suppression or all the different types of treatment that you've had has really caused your immune system to be dysfunctional. And that's why I think we really don't have a great idea of the efficacy of the immune treatments in breast cancer at the moment because we've tested them in the wrong setting, the wrong type of patients. These patients are too far gone um, for these type of medications to be effective. So to get any real concept of how we're going to use these drugs, we need to go to the earlier setting, such as perhaps in neoadjuvant treatment um, or first line of relapse. And I think only then will we be able to really understand how these drugs are going to help breast cancer patients. Okay, now what about side effects? Um, I've read some other studies that there are some autoimmune diseases that can occur as side effects. Did anything like that happen in your study? Yeah, we had we saw immune-related side effects. Most common is thyroid-related. Um, that occurs in less than 5%. That was very consistent with what has been published so far, and that's again, unfortunately, can be permanent in some people, um, but is manageable with medication. Sometimes and very rarely you get significant autoimmune issues, um, but that's unfortunately just part of what we do, which is trying to reactivate the immune system. We can't really predict who the, that who's going to get these more severe side effects, but I think um, in general it's pretty well tolerated um, and it's reasonable to try the combination in other clinical trial settings um, um, if we know how to manage the immune side effects. Finally, last question. What would your takeaway points on immunotherapy be for someone who's diagnosed with breast cancer, um, especially metastatic disease? Kind of, is it something that's viable yet? Is it really only in clinical trials? Um, there's just you know, so many commercials out there and people, you know, certainly want something hopeful, but it sounds like it's not quite ready for prime time for breast cancer yet. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I would encourage everyone to participate in a clinical trial because that's the only way we're going to learn and learn quickly. There may be data out this year. There's a phase three registration study in first line relapse triple negative breast cancer that may report out this year. So if that does report out, that will be the first data um, as such. And I think that could be practice changing for um, breast cancer, but we need to see if that will report out late this year. So that's the Genentech in Passion 130 study. 
So that's the biggest study coming up. And there's lots of little studies, but we don't really have anything as big as these studies coming out. But certainly in the next 12 months, I think we'll have some of the big studies coming out and we'll be able to see what the role of these agents are. I, I did think of one more thing. And it sounds like, too, from what you've said and from what other studies have looked at, that it's probably going to be some sort of combination like an immunotherapy with something like Herceptin or another type of targeted therapy. Yeah, so we've always, that's what I believe, particularly for HER2, because I think HER2 is the is the oncogene or the gene that's really driving the growth of the cancer and also causing the cancer to suppress your immune system. So therefore you need to both inhibit HER2 as well as enhance the immune system with agents such as Keytruda. Um, with triple negative breast cancer, where the treatments are less um, effective, we really only have chemotherapy in that setting. There's been a lot of study looking at combinations with chemotherapy. So far, it doesn't seem to be um, add increased toxicity combining drugs such as Keytruda with chemotherapy. But I guess we don't really know what the long-term effects on the immune system might be because we know some of these chemotherapy agents um, um, suppress production of your T cells, so your immune cells. So you know what's going to be the long-term outcome of trying of the chemotherapy suppressing your immune cells while you're trying to reactivate your immune system. So I think a lot of that data is still not clear, um, but certainly combinations are still being evaluated, and we'll have some results as I mentioned later this year. But I think we'll still probably need to work on how we sequence chemotherapies, and immunotherapies because of all the issues of myeloid suppression or um, reduced blood counts. Um, and of course, those blood counts include your immune cells. Okay, thank you so much. This has been very informative. And um, we look forward to hearing more, re- or hearing more research results from you and your colleagues very soon. Thank you so much.